Welcome to This Seriously Sucks, the right podcast when life goes seriously wrong. A series for people hit with a devastating life event. We talk about wishing you could get a do-over, the scary, sad shit going on in your head and not wanting to go on. No deep psychological theory or just think happy thoughts advice here. These are practical strategies to help you get through this seriously sucky time. Now, here is your host, the author of This Is Not The End, who knows what it feels like to want it to be the end, Nina Sossaman Pogue. Yes, this is the right podcast when life goes seriously wrong. Hi, everyone. I'm Nina. I am sorry that you are here, but I am so glad that you found us. Sorry, because you are likely going through a rough time. You've had something rock your world and you're feeling like there's no way forward and you just aren't certain what to do next. I'm here to share that there are some things you can do, that you do have some choices. There's a real future out there where this doesn't consume you. And while I know you can't hear that and you probably don't even want to hear it yet, I just want you to listen and see what might work in this episode for you. You don't have to use any or all of it. Just listen. A friend of mine once told me, yeah, you don't have to buy the whole ball of wax, just enough to make a candle. So I hope something in here ignites a new thought for you or helps you get through a really difficult moment in the days ahead. On this podcast, whatever you're going through, your uniquely traumatic event that you're dealing with, we call that your this It's different from mine. It's different from anybody else's listening. It's very uniquely you and you bring to it your life experiences and what has happened to you in the past. And and we call that your this. I just like to make sure everybody knows that that is how we use that word before we jump in. So last week in the last episode, we talked about uh, where this fits into your life journey. In a book of your life, what does a book of your life look like? Is it a hard bag, a soft bag? Uh, is it a big, heavy journal looking novel? Is it a, a comic book? Is it a children's book? What does your book like? And we talked about how this fits into the book of your life, your life story. Open that book to a page and you're on a page right now. And we talked about how your life experience up till now has brought you to that page but all the pages ahead are blank. And the reason that imagery helps many people is because you do have a blank slate ahead. There are some things you can do, even though you feel pretty powerless right now. The thought for this episode is this that is happening to you is just one chapter. It is not the whole book. In this episode, we will address all the thoughts about if I could only go back, if I could have another chance, if I could do things differently, there's a moment in time that you wish which you could change all this energy that you're spending on that and why you don't want to stay in this one chapter, why you need to move forward and how that's possible with everything that you're going through. So that's what this episode is about. And at the end, I'll talk a little bit about God taking the wheel. And for those of you waiting for God to take the wheel and to fix things. Uh, We'll talk about how that's working out for you and maybe give you some other things to think of along with that. So to start, you have whatever has happened to you 
and it is consuming your every day. It's what you think of when you get up in the morning. It is swirling around in your head all day. You're pretty sure that everybody that you interact with is thinking the same things about you or towards you that you are. They're really not. They're all listening to WIFM radio. What's in it for me? And you're taking this on a whole lot more than anybody else is. They are not thinking about it 24-7. That is, unfortunately, uniquely yours. And that is the world that you live in. The people around you, even the ones who are trying to help you the most, they have other things that they're dealing with and thinking of. This is not consuming them like it is you. And so you're in this moment. Uh, and unless you were, you know, remember the old Superman movie where he flew backwards around the world? It's horrible old graphics. He flew backwards around the world lots of times and turned the clock back so he could like save Lois, who had been in the car accident. So unless you uh, have a, a, an in with Superman or maybe a hot tub time machine, that would be good. Or uh, the time stone from the Avengers, unless you have taken the time stone from the Avengers, uh, you can't go back. There is no way to go back and undo, change, do things differently than what has happened. You're in the moment right now. And there was a you before this happened. And there'll be a you after. And it's not the same you. This is changing you. Too much has happened. In that story of your life, there's been a lot of character development that's happened in the last little bit since whatever this is has uh, rocked your world. So there's a you before this and a you after, but I'm here to tell you the you after does not have to be sad and the you after does not have to have this define them. I'll share a quick story. I'll try to make it quick. Sometimes I digress, but I'll share a quick story about a friend. It was a woman who was working uh, with me for me. She was on a team that I was managing and we were great friends. And she, the day before Christmas, or was it the day after Christmas, right around Christmas time, uh, she ended up in the hospital and her lung had collapsed. And so they had done this emergency procedure on her and this beautiful woman in her thirties, healthy, our kids were the same age, you know, she's parenting and she's just attractive. And she'd been on television before in the past, like I had, we'd done news together. So they did this emergency surgery on her and they like went in through the side and, you know, quick surgery and jammed tubes into her. And then they, when they intubated her, they knocked out one of her veneers, one of her front teeth. And so when I went to the hospital to see her first, she wouldn't let anybody in to see her. And I, except for me, we were very close and uh, became closer through this, I think. So she did let me in and she's like, look at me. I look like ridiculous. I got this hole in my face. I look like, like a gunshot victim from the hood. Like, who am I? And then we kind of chuckled at that. But over the next few days, every time we spoke, she was really in a bad place. She wouldn't let anybody come in to see her. Um, I was bringing her magazines and food she liked and trying to cheer her up. But it was always, I'm, I'm never going to be able to do this. What if I can't fly on plane safely again? Because we traveled a lot. What if I can't walk or hike or do some of the things I like to do? What if I'm not healthy enough to just be active for the rest of my life? And she would just go into this funk each time I went to see her. And the third day I went, I sat and she went through it all again. Why me? How could this happen? I look horrible. I'm never going to be able to do anything. And then I finally stopped her. And I didn't realize that I had had this big of an impact till years later when she told me. And I stopped her and I said, hey, are we done? Because there is a you before this. And there's going to be a you after this. So let's just stop with the, I can't do all of these things and life's going to be horrible and figure out 
what you can do and how things are really going to be. Because that's the reality. There was a you before this and there'll be a you after this and you'll do some things differently, but it's going to be fine. You are going to be fine. So years later, she shared with me that I had said that and I barely remember it, but it is a good thought around there's a you before it and a you after it. And I use it all the time now. I talk about it in my books and other places. So the thought is life is going to be different. It doesn't have to be bad. There is going to be a new you. And again, you're the author of your story. You're going to figure out who that new you is. And here's what I really want you to listen to. If you haven't listened really in and you're sort of tuned out to listen to this real quick, what you're you listening, I'm hoping you're listening. What you are saying to yourself right now probably needs to change. I'm going to say it again. What you are saying to yourself right now probably needs to change. No matter how horrific, crappy, life-altering your this is, the only thing that is actually causing emotional pain for you right now is your thoughts about it. It's a horrible thing to think about, but we do this to ourselves. The only thing that is actually causing you emotional pain right now, emotional pain, is your own thoughts about it. We attach words to those thoughts, and I am guessing that you are not saying nice things about you. So in my case, after the accident in the driveway, in my head, I went from world-class athlete and everybody's favorite news anchor to the lady who ran over a baby. Now, those were some really harsh words in my head constantly. I woke up with them. I labeled myself that and for weeks. And when it was touch and go on whether or not he was going to live, uh, I was in my head the woman who killed a baby. I just played it forward and wanted to step into traffic before I even knew the outcome because I just didn't want to be this person. No one else was saying these types of things to me. No one else was in this same type of mental anguish that I was in. The people around me were talking about the terrible accident, this heartbreaking situation, me and my friend. They talked about how he was improving. I wasn't using any of that language. In my head, it was all really harsh and really dark. And I share this because I'm just guessing that for some of you, you may be doing the same thing. And it took me some time to label it as an accident and to realize I was part of an accident that had happened and start using that language. Had I stayed with that label in my head, I can't imagine my life now. More than 15 years later, and it is just one part of my very long story. Is it horrific and sad? And is it hard to talk about still? Do do I enjoy sharing it with other people? No, but it is not who I am or everything about me. About 10 years after the accident, I remember standing on the floor of NASDAQ in New York while our company rang the opening bell. I was the vice president of marketing communications and we're ringing the opening bell and everybody's so happy. I remember looking around and thinking, how did I get here? Like no one even thought of that accident when they worked with me. Most people didn't even know it. They'd come here from other places in the country. I hadn't moved. I hadn't magically erased it. You know, we had just all changed, changed the language around it. And we'd all worked really hard to move forward I'd gone back on the air and doing the news. Then I'd switched jobs into tech. And then I became a VP at a software company. And I was a mom and a wife and a hard worker. And I had lots of labels. That was not one of the labels. But at the time, I could not imagine a world where I was not labeled with that. And that was who I was. If you're in those moments, it's really hard to see. But I'm here to share with you that your brain is actually working against you. 
we don't hear the good stuff. We just hear the really bad stuff. And it is how our brains work. And the science behind it is interesting. But I mean, people can tell you all the time how fantastic you are and how great you are and how beautiful you are. But the one person who says, oh, my gosh, why'd you wear that? And oh, your ass looks huge in that. Like, that's what you remember. You don't remember anybody else and all the nice things they said. So you're in this moment where everything people are saying, you're only hearing the bad stuff. And I'm guessing the people around you are saying some nice things. So do this. If you're tuned out, really listen to this, because this is some action you can do right now that will change your world. It's bizarre to think about, but it truly can change your world. You ready? Take whatever is in your head right now, and we're going to fact check it. But first, you need to write it down. Write down this really horrible thought you're having. Like, don't leave out the crazy. Don't skip the crazy. Just write out, define yourself, define what's going on with you. Like, just write it out. Like, what is it that you're in the middle of right now? And then what you need to do is fact check it. What is not factual or truth about it? Um, What would you say to a friend if they were going through this? Pretty sure you'd be nicer to your friend than you are to yourself. And then maybe take it back even further and go, what would you say to a child who was in your situation? What would you say to a kid that was going through this, that you're going through, you're this? What is a nicer thing that you can say to yourself now? You've got what you said to friends. And so this is something you can actually write down on a piece of paper and spend a little few minutes on it. And you could say something nicer to yourself and, and maybe listen to what people around you are saying. I know people are probably saying, I'm so sorry that this happened, or you don't deserve this, or I'm here for you, or you're going to get through this. They're saying things that are nice. You're not hearing them because you're just tuned into the awful that's going on in your head, but try to tune in a little bit to the people around you and take a little bit of what they're saying and make it part of your new thoughts. Find a new kinder way to refer to this. For me, it was my my crazy thought. My first thought was, my life is over. I've killed my friend's baby and I'm a horrible person and I've ruined my friend's lives. And this is all people are going to remember about me. And fact check it. He was alive. My friends were struggling, but they were a really strong couple and they were helping each other through it. I was not a bad person. I was involved in an accident. So my new thought, which took me a while to get to, and I finally wrote it down and embraced it was my life will never be the same. This was an accident and it has changed all of us, but we're going to be okay somehow. And I leaned into that. I used that sentence and I leaned into it and I wrote it down and I looked at it every morning. And when I would have my head go to crazy places, I would try to refer back to it and get my head around that. So take a moment to write yourself a new reality about this because you are causing your own pain. I mean, picture yourself 10 years from now, okay? The you 10 years from now really needs you to do this now. The you 10 years from now is counting on you to do this now. There's lots of fun things you're going to do out there and like the world is going to keep going and cool shit's going to happen and you don't want to miss it. So just the you 10 years from now is hoping that you will get this and be a little kind to yourself and come up with what you're going to call this that is reality-based and kinder, okay? And I feel like I need to add this in because I know it was really difficult for me. Uh, People are telling you God has a plan and you're thinking this is God has done this to me or you're trying to fit in where God fits in in this, whatever your religious 
belief is. If you're trying to fit this into your religious beliefs, I just want to share some thoughts that took me a long time to come up with, but may help you. During events in your life, when you go from highs to lows, you often do a lot of that thinking, like, why would God do this to me? I know I did. Uh, I go something like this. It's, uh, I'm, a, I'm a good person. I've done nice things. I've prayed. I'm not perfect, but why would God do this to me? I'm, you know, I'm guessing you have familiar thoughts. I'm not one of these horrible people that like kicks puppies or does mean things. Like, why me? So I would get really irritated when people would say, God has a plan for you, or everything happens for a reason, or this is part of God's plan. Like, I was, I knew they were well meaning. But really piss me off. When you're in the middle of all this and you feel like your life is ruined, it's really hard to see how there could be any plan or part of anyone's plan. And, and I struggled. I was super irrational and argumentative. Uh, I would say things like, well, if this is God's plan, I want nothing to do with it. I mean, maybe if you didn't get into the college that you wanted and you're feeling crushed and your soulmate is at the other school where you end up, maybe there's a plan there. Or maybe if you got fired and your next big opportunity is at the next company that hires you, yeah, then that's maybe sellable. Um, those could be part of some master plan that someone could sell you, non-denominational, some God could have out there for you. Uh, there are some life events, though, in which God's plan, when people sell you it, is really difficult to like, let your brain be okay with. Like, it's just, I had horrible, irrational thoughts. Like, in my head, I was thinking, what about the athlete who spent his whole life training to someday be in the Super Bowl and then like drops the touchdown pass? Did God like the other team more? Or the, or the expectant mother who sets up a beautiful nursery with all the baby shower gifts from her friends and family. And she posts pictures on Facebook or Instagram and shares all her joy as she heads to the hospital. And then that perfect, beautiful child dies within hours of being born. I'm sorry. It's just tough to buy that this is part of some master plan by God. And in my case, you know, I was searching long and hard to figure out how God could possibly make a plan to have my friend's beautiful baby boy end up under the tire of my car. So I just decided if, if that was God's plan, then that was one sick God. And I had nothing that I wanted to discuss or look towards with that God. So I did have my pastor came over to the house and he was calming and he was scholarly and we talked and he bought me books and I, I was searching books to find some meanings. I devoured them all, uh, read some of them more than once. I was really struggling for somebody to tell me, you know, what was supposed to be happening and what I was supposed to be doing. So I expanded my thinking past any traditional religion that I had learned as a child. I decided I might be Buddhist. Uh, and then I decided I might be maybe like Lakota Indian, earth, wind, rain. Like that made more sense. Anything made more sense than baby Jesus. And ugh, I just was in a bad spot. So the more books I bought, the more I searched. And I, I prayed really hard sometimes. And then I stopped praying altogether at times. Then I stopped going to church altogether for a while. And for years, I would choose to spend my Sunday mornings walking on the beach with my kids. I would say, hey, church of the beach, let's go. And we would just walk and talk about silly things and small talk about little stuff and big meaning out of things that touched on faith. We just spend time together and we called it Church of the Beach. And here's where I'm going with this. For years, that was our place of faith. And sometimes we'd actually pass other people walking on the beach and laughing, go, hey, we are here for early service too. You know, it was our faith, our journey. 
And I found that many people walking on the beach, the people who I've met in life, go through this similar journey. And that's okay. So back to the more traditional God that many of you may be praying for, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost one that people refer to when they say that God has a plan for you and this happened for a reason. When I think of my life is long concept, which hopefully you heard in the last episode, and I try to fit how God with a capital G fits into our story, here's one way you can think about it that may help. I think that we are given a rough draft, a V1, a version one of this life that we're thrown into. And everyone knows that really great stories have to go through edits and revisions and rewrites. And in great stories, they're the setting and the characters and the conflict and the plot and the theme all evolve. A plot twist, which you're big this, you could consider it a really horrible plot twist. It can take our whole cast of characters in a new direction. So the bottom line, it's, it's your story. And somehow you've got to make this really horrible chapter of your life. One, just a chapter it does not become your life. And you have to segue into the next chapter. If you're praying and waiting for God to do all of your story revisions for you, I don't think he does them. I think you have to use everything he gave you, your version of God, everything that you came here with, and you need to create a really good story for yourself. He gave you what you needed, and it's up to you to create that really good story for yourself. And he, she, not responsible for everything and all the edits. There are no religious constraints on how you get past this too. So whatever your religion is, or if you don't have a religion, and that is fine too. I've spent a lot of time in all of these places. You have to take this plot twist and use what you've got, you inside of you, the strength that you have inside of you, what you were given on this planet, and you got to get yourself to the next chapter. There are people who get stuck in this crappy chapter, who can't get past this life is ruined and this mindset. You don't want to be one of those people. You just don't. I hope some of this is clicking with you. I hope it's helping. If so, keep listening. In the next episode, we're going to talk about the really scary thoughts in your head. <laughs> yeah, uh, we are going to talk about suicide, wanting to end it all. Uh, I figure we all watch It's a Wonderful Life every Christmas, and Jimmy Stewart literally jumps off the bridge, people. He jumps off the bridge. So let's just talk about it. And so in the next episode, we will talk about that because depending on what this is that you're going through, you may have some really dark thoughts. I know I did. And a lot of our guests have as you go forward and listen to them. So we'll tell you how to manage those and what's going on in your head and the science behind it and how you can get to the other side. So there's a you before this and there's a you after this. There is a you after this. There's a you 10 years from now. And they need you to start doing some of this work. You can't go back. There is no time machine. So let's figure out how to make the rest of your story a good one. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you're ready to get serious about getting past this seriously sucky event in your life, join the club. Go to mythis.club to get a free copy of my book, and there's other resources to help you get through this. This has been another episode of This Seriously Sucks. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Nina Sossaman Pogue and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. 
If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. 